0: Welcome to Disruption Blueprint with Shannon Spotswood from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we help advisors grow their net worth, build their businesses, and maximize their independence. We've built an award-winning platform with innovative technology, comprehensive service, and a team of individuals who are experts in their field to serve advisors. Join us for this journey where we explore everything that has to do with running an independent advisor practice as we bring together successful advisors, industry experts, and innovative minds who are on the bleeding edge to challenge the status quo, foster new ideas, and create a path for advisors to unleash their growth potential. Now, onto the show.
1: Welcome to another episode of Disruption Blueprint. We are gonna get into one of my favorite topics today, Women and Money, welcome to the show, Barbara. I'm so glad you're here.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: You have dedicated your, really your professional life to talking about serving and creating opportunity for women in the financial services industry and have identified that there has just been a disconnect in the way that we have approached women and their needs as we tackle long-term planning, financial planning, estate planning, the way that Wall Street, if you will, was set up to deliver financial advice. So walk us through, let's set the table a little bit. Walk us through your background and how you've made empowering and serving women and helping financial advisors to connect Uh, with what we love to say, we are not a niche audience, to connect with women um, and how this is your company mission.
2: Sure, I'd love to. So my background is I'm an adult educator and I don't sell any financial products or services, but I've been in the financial industry for over 20 plus years Uh, creating educational content, strategies, performance management, training a lot of financial professionals and leadership around product, process, procedure, whatever was needed inside the organizations. And during that time, consistently, I could see where the product, the process, the procedures, um, they were not suited to serve women. Uh, They were very linear. They were very, um, from one point to another, it was to sell a product and move on. And I kept bringing up to leadership the fact that, wow, I don't think I would buy anything from any of these people in this way, because it just seems very cold. Like, I'm not quite sure all the vernacular they're using. Um, It just seems difficult to understand. And nobody looks like me. So does anybody in this room actually know what my life is about? And I kept bringing it up to leadership, again, uh, 20 years ago. So wasn't getting a lot of listening. But I could see every day that there were so many organizations that were overlooking a female market. So fast forward, um, I started my own consulting business, consulted across many organizations, saw the same thing consistently everywhere. So, in my own peer group, uh, when I navigated a divorce and met other women going through divorce, they had a lot of questions about their own financial future. Could they afford it? What was, you know, how could they uh, maneuver their own finances? They were very unsure. And then, when I'd run errands with my children, I'd see women of retirement age, you know, doing menial jobs, bagging groceries or doing checkout. And I was wondering, what was going on here? You know, I see these women of retirement age. They should be rolling around on the floor with their grandchildren, yet they're doing these jobs. So I commissioned a researcher to really dig deep and say, you know, this is not just Barb says, but what is happening with the financial industry and how they're serving women and are women prepared for their financial future? Well, you can only imagine that the data came back that the insurance and financial industry wins the award as being the least sympathetic to women, and women are not prepared for their own financial future.
1: I mean, it's just a staggering statement to make against the backdrop that the data is telling us by the year 2030, women will control 67% of wealth in this country. I mean, talk about like the disconnect of, of all time. It's a tsunami. And I'll tell
2: you, the financial industry was built by men for men to sell to men. So very male model, very male dominated. And it's a big, slow barge to have to turn around and reframe and reshape to this audience that, like we say, is not a niche market, even though they call it a niche market. It's 51% of your market that certainly will be holding the purse strings of America.
1: No pun intended, given the name of your company. You got it. Okay, so you believe, having having really studied this and having worked with advisors to tackle the problem proactively, that there's really one solution, and that is to tear down the traditional financial industry model and replace it with something else. What does that look like in practice? How do you coach advisors who agree with you? Like, yep, the model's broken. We need to tear it down. Now what?
2: Yeah. So a lot of it is really changing the purview and and teaching the financial industry how women make financial decisions, which is quite differently than how men make financial decisions, and what their processes and thinking around um, money. Why they're fearful, many of them from women from making um, having these discussions, because it doesn't just come from the financial institutions, although they are the ones that women will say they don't even look at me. So finally, acknowledging that women are in the room would be a start. And every time I say that, everybody I say that to, and I talk to hundreds of people, they nod their head and they totally agree. Um, But also, it's society, right? We give so many poor money messages to women which makes women fearful to talk about money. They come with a lot of shame. They come with a lot of guilt. They come with a lot of um, fear. So it's overcoming all of her emotions around money and creating a safe environment, a safe place where she can really start building trust with the financial professionals that she's working with. So today, you know, some of these financial institutions are very, um, I don't know, cold, um, not a very warm and engaging environment. Um, A lot of men, so not people that look like them, or really they would feel understand what their lives are about. Um, Very, uh, I don't know, women can sometimes feel intimidated by some of the extra surroundings. It could be very cold. And really women want to get to know who these people are. I mean, you're asking her to get really financially naked, and hand over her life savings, and she's
1: not going to do that in a transaction. Yeah. So, I mean, given that there is even just the basic blocking and tackling um, that needs to be put in place, what are some simple steps for advisors, both men and women, that they can employ like out of the gate? I'm going to start 2024 with just a very simple promise to be more intentional about how I engage my current female clients, whether they're a standalone client or part of a, a, a joint client relationship, three, three simple things they can do. Well, the first
2: one is listening really enhancing enhancing your listening skills. And that seems so, you know, sophomoric in a way. But the thing is this, so often I see financial professionals go into discussions and they will start out with kind of their whole soliloquy, who they are and what they do and all their creds and all their certifications. And women don't really care. If they're in front of you, they've probably already done their research. So the first and foremost, I might say, is always ask open-ended questions Give pause and do not try to fill the void with something, uh, with anything. So I would say, how can I help you today? What are your concerns? And then just sit back. I would not have any technology in front of me, no telephones that are ringing, no interruptions, nobody running in and asking me, oh, did you return the call back to Mrs. Jones? Or what do you want for lunch? None of that. Very, uh, you know, safe area where they can have a one-on-one discussion I would write down everything she says that comes out of her mouth. Tell them, tell her, I'm going to make some notes here. And everything she says, I would write down from I only have 20 minutes because I'm going to Joey's ball game. I'd write that down because it tells you she has 20 minutes and someone named Joey is in her life. That's very important to her. And you want to find out who that is. Um, And really just start listening. And once she's done sharing whatever it is she came for, I might just follow up with. What else? Mm. With a nice pregnant pause. Because you might say, she might run in to say, I'm changing jobs, uh, I need life insurance, whatever the immediate need is. But she might just say, well, I'm thinking about, I might be getting a divorce. Or something might fall out that could Mm -hmm. be very powerful. So it's about really listening, asking open-ended questions, and giving her a very safe space um, a quiet place, a place without interruptions, and really clearing that air so that she has time to really think through what she needs to share with you, and start building trust, and you're capturing everything she
1: says. It's so interesting because it reminds me of you know one of the greatest books of all time, uh, how to how to uh, make friends and influence people, and. This idea of it's not about you. Absolutely. (laughs) Because that's what you're saying. Yeah. They're not walking in your office. You know, we talk all the time that advisors have table stakes. It's, you know, we brag about like, you're going to trust us and I'm a fiduciary and we're going to do financial planning is the proxy equivalent of going to the doctor and they're like, and we're going to take your blood pressure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're like, uh, yeah, I know. I'm sitting here in the doctor. Like I didn't I just like randomly fall into your office. I had to book an appointment. And the one thing that I I think is universally true about women is that they are not going to be in a financial advisor's office because they randomly googled you, right someone told them to call you. They have networked this. I mean, the data backs this up Mm -hmm. where women are, what is the stat? Three times, five times. I know it's a huge number more likely to recommend their financial advisor. 27. 27. I wasn't even in the ballpark. 27 Mm -hmm. times. So they're sitting in front of you because they have had someone tell them that you are the right person to talk to. Mm -hmm. You already have built that. You don't need to flex your CV. You just need to make it about them. Absolutely. At every point in turn, uh, like I just said
2: from the workshop I taught, it's about the touch points that you have at every uh, touch point along the way. So even when you look at your website, Somebody goes to your website, the first page comes up. What is the first look and feel that somebody has that, oh, this is somebody that's suited to really help me? You know, is it mountains with mist, which really don't give you any kind of touchy feely? Um, is it families and, uh, you know, is it a diverse family? You know, like what is the messaging that you're conveying that tells her, I'm here to serve you? And a lot of webs sites are even built that way. We do this and we do that. And it should be about you. Mm -hmm. What is it that you need? Because we have, you know, the answers, the solutions for you, but really focusing on who is your
1: customer. In your workshop, how do you, you know, given that the majority of financial advisors are men, and we certainly hear with our Stronger Money um, educational program where we have more advisors enrolled as stronger money ambassadors than women kind of mirrors the industry with only 14% of financial advisors being women. Mm-hmm. How do you coach that beyond just that first meeting of, you know, what I would call empathetic and in action oriented listening so not just checking the box listening like empathetically and actively listening beyond that first meeting what are you coaching up in your workshops for advisors to just really dig in and build that trust with women so that they can receive the benefit of being referred 27 times
2: yes So remember in my example where she said, I only have 20 minutes because I'm going to Joey's game. Well, if you write down, oh, Joey's game. Who's Joey? Joey's my son. Oh, how old is he? He's in fifth grade. Great. Well, where does he go to school? So you're gathering more information about her. Um, Now she's got a, a son who's in school. And as you gather more information, you need to capture that and put it in your tickler file and know that this is your customer, your potential client, she has a son maybe you get, you capture other details about her and then if you're following up an email or a phone call with her you might say here's the information we discussed I wanted to share this with you by the way how was how was the game did Joey win his game you know because when you connect um, her child with her and the fact that that was important to her and she had to get there you're starting to build these little inklings of trust because it wasn't just vanilla. She knows he listened. He made a note of it. He followed up and sincerely asked me about it. And those little touch points along the way start to build relationship. So that's just one very tiny example. It's in the nuances that women pick up what's happening around them. You know as well as I do when you step into another office, you step into an environment, you know when you're at a five-star spa, right, for the weekend versus you're at a Marriott hotel, right? Yeah. You know the difference the minute you walk in the door. That's the feeling you want to convey to your female consumer when they walk in the door. We go over things like, you know, women are busy. How do you make it easy for them? Be the Amazon take the rub out be a step ahead of them make sure that you're there for them helping them along the way before they even have to ask you the question
1: pulling on that thread a little bit because you know the the women are busy said differently is like women are shouldering a tremendous amount of the caregiving responsibility for their children for their parents you know i would go so far as for their community and their churches and their schools. Like it's not just the immediate caregiving in your family. It is a much broader responsibility. So given that the caregiving is having the responsibilities of caregiving is having a a pretty significant impact on women's overall mental health. It's having an impact on, their ability to really cope with and tackle the financial side of their equation like just even making time for it and prioritizing it feels hard mm-hmm. so how how can advisors think about financial planning acknowledging the the true extent of the responsibility that caregiving is placed on women's shoulders
2: mm-hmm. Well, yes. And, you know, with 10 or 11,000 people turning 65 every day in America for the next seven years, our population is aging and the responsibility of caregiving is falling typically on the oldest daughter in the family or the Here I am. Yep. (laughs) I know. And it's funny when I say that a lot of women raise their hands and say, yeah, that's me, uh, because it's happening all around us. And you know, it's a mental cognitive load that they're that they're taking on that po- people don't even know because it's so in their head. I have to stop by the grocery store to get make sure dad has dinner. I have to pick up some meds. I can't forget that I have to take him to the doctor on Saturday. You know, it's all of these additional routine duties that we are re- consistently responsible for. So it's this whole mental uh, new kind of routine that you're responsible for, not to mention everything else that you're doing. And it impacts them financially. It's a financial concern because many times women are leaving their workplace early, which they could get dinged for, or they're going part-time because they know they, they have to leave at a certain time to get home so that mom and dad have you know whatever the dinner made or something like that. Um, and then they're leaving behind very valuable benefits often if they have to leave. Um, contributions to Social Security. Uh, the stats are they will pay out of pocket on average $5,500 a year just from mm. the errands they're running and the things they're picking up. And all of this is costing them, not only financially, physically, because they don't want to go to their own doctor's appointments. They spend half their time going to doctor's appointments for somebody else, right? Um, physically, if they're helping maneuver some um older adults who, who can't maneuver themselves, but also you know, they're responsible for children as well. So caregiving, again, another tsunami that's coming our way. Um, And we always say, you need to just open the dialogue with your client. You know, are you in a caregiving position? Are you caring for someone? And and she may not even realize she is. She may say, no, my parents live independently, but I do their grocery shopping or I do this and that. Well, that's caregiving. Right. It's caregiving. So we always say, What's your list of resources you can have provided to her? How can you help her maybe understand the parents' social security benefits or insurance that they have that she makes sure she's leveraging it well enough? You know, things like that so that she's not going um with uh, use not using benefits that are available to her, resources available to her to make her life easier. So if you can get beyond that, a step ahead of her and say, hey, you know, I have this list of t- of 10 different resource areas right in our town. You might find it handy and useful. Here's a few that I'm most familiar with. Getting a step ahead of her.
1: You're the first person that I've actually talked to. And, you know, as you were saying that, it was like the, uh, you know, the bells were going off in my head about what a great competitive advantage for an advisor You know, even if the parents aren't, maybe they're not in a financial position to be clients, but this whole notion of what resources can you bring to the table of navigating supplemental health insurance, navigating social security on behalf of the daughter or -hmm. the son, instead of making it their responsibility. I haven't ever heard anyone talk about that. How are advisors incorporating that into their planning or are they, is it just an overlooked Opportunity.
2: I don't think they are. I speak to, um, you know, caring for the caregiving client, and uh, we even have a list of top ten resources that we give the a financial advisor ways that they can go ahead and be in advance of their own clients have these at the ready, you know, so that you have these resources at your fingertips and you're a step ahead of your client or even for those women that will soon be widowed. I mean, think of the number of widows that are coming our way with the aging population and the average age of a widow being 59. Suddenly, your client's a widow. And you know, if you have not been developing a relationship with her, 80 to 90% of those widows will take their money and walk. And that number hasn't changed. It's crazy. it,
1: It is the reason why we created Stronger Money, because I was so flabbergasted when I joined RFG and started learning that here these women have been working with financial advisors and when they need them the most in the time of death and being widowed or divorce, that they are firing their financial advisor. I mean, it's 80 to 90%, it's staggering.
2: And not much has been done about it. The industry knows that number. They're not doing anything about it. It blows my mind.
1: I mean, this is just you know when you when you think about no brainers for building enterprise value as an advisor if it's as simple as making your 2024 goal we are going to be empathetic active listeners you're going to be like head and shoulders above what is the industry norm for the experience
2: yeah and and i will say so just that takes some skill and some training and some forethought, because it's kind of like, just eat less and exercise more, and you'll lose weight. Well, we know that sounds so simple. But to put that into play is really, really hard. So that's why we kind of teach, what does that look like? What does it feel like? What does that experience look like in a meeting? What does that mean? Like, am I sitting across a desk in an office with leather chairs or am I sitting at a round table um, in a different environment that's a little bit more inviting? You know, am I taking notes on a piece of paper versus having a computer in front of me? Um, Am I in a safe space where people feel like they can speak out loud without being overheard by someone at the next table? Let's say if you're meeting for coffee. You know, you really have to make sure that all the nuances, all the details are in place to build that first experience that feels like, oh, I, I feel like I finally me. found an advisor. You, know? you get me. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, you know, that is, I love this. I quote this study all the time. Accenture ran this a couple of years ago and it was, what do um, people value in their financial advisor? Number one was, do you get me? Number mm-hmm. two was, do you share my values? And number mm-hmm. three was, do I want to spend time with you outside the office?
2: Interesting. Where
1: in there was how much alpha did you generate for me? And what is the risk score on my investment portfolio? I know. Right.
2: So know. what
1: um with your coaching business let's take a little bit of time because I know that you're working on some really innovative programs in order to support advisors to learn how to become empathetic active listeners. Walk us through the work that you're doing to, to you know for the greater good here.
2: Sure. So um you know oftentimes people don't understand when they say the female market so what about it right so what are the what's the data around it so we just said 80 to 9, 90% of women are going to leave their financial advisor you know and people sit up and they're like well why does that happen well could you never built a relationship well what does that mean i did a good job for them i made them money whatever to a woman, to a woman that means you know how many times at that table in that conversation did you say okay mr smith let me ask Mrs. Smith, what's important to you in your retirement? Like what are the two or three things you would love to, to do when you retire? And a lot, a lot of times she may say, I have no idea. No one ever asked me that question. But really delving in and saying, you know, honestly, here's the statistics. Your husband could die before you. You'll be in charge of your finances. And I want to make sure everybody's needs and wishes are on the table and we discuss them and we plan for them. Because so often women say, I was never asked a question and now, boom, he's gone. She's left holding whatever's in the bag. She was never part of that discussion. So all those decisions impact her more than they impact him. So um, we talk about why women, the power of the female market, how they're not a niche market, how they can be so valuable to you, but that they make financial decisions quite differently. They're not thinking about ROI. They're thinking about my family, my security. Am I gonna be okay? Mm-hmm. What can I give back? Will to I my- be a burden to my yeah. children? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, my heirs. Can I leave them something? Can I take them to Disney once a year? Whatever it might be. Um, how am I going to live alone? And will I be financially stable to do so? So it's more around that because they don't want to be a burden. They want protection. But how do you get there? And we talk about every single touch point you have when you're dealing with a woman is got to be impactful. Again, I say when you go into a five-star resort, you walk in the door and you know it's beautiful in there. It smells good. People are waiting for you they know your name, right? They know that you have a reservation. Um, they're prepared. The room is ready, right? So how about when they walk into your own office? Is somebody there waiting for you? Are they saying, oh, we um, we know you're at our 10 o'clock. We're so glad you're here. How are you making them feel welcomed? I have a dentist, who does that and takes appointments at six o'clock in the morning. Their staff is there. They're ready to go. They know I'm coming. They offer me coffee. They offer me fruit with water water with fruit in it. At one point, they offered me a hand wax with mitts that I could use while my teeth were being cleaned.
1: I might actually
2: want to go to the dentist then. I know. They give me a headset. What do you want on the television? I mean, they could not. They give me a blanket They could not make it more, you know, ease of stress. So even though you say, well, I'm a financial professional, how can I do that? There are ways that you can really engage with a female market and make your own uh, mark on the industry or on your clients. And that's why they're giving 27 more referrals.
1: Well, and it's, you know, I know for me, I'm like, offer me an oat milk latte. And I'll love you forever. Like it doesn't take a lot.
2: No. (laughs) And there's a lot of great books and resources and podcasts that we go over. They're out there. Look what's working in different industries. We talk about a lot of different industries and what's working really well, and how can you leverage some of those super secret uh, ways of really uh, you know engaging the female market. All
1: right. So for last question of one of those books, what's your favorite book? I'll give you mine.
2: um, oh, I have so many of them. There's one by um the guy who uh has the, the restaurant, the restaurant. Oh, that was
1: mine. The bear. unexpected un- yes. no, unreasonable hospitality.
2: Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, that's that so funny?
1: It is so good. Yeah. Because it really challenges you to be unreasonable. Like there is truly no, you cannot be too over the over the top in delivering an exceptional client experience.
2: And not only that, it's not super expensive things. Right. It's about service above and beyond.
1: Like, I love that they do as their, like, thank you gift. Like, my love language is giving gifts. So RFG is probably one of the best swag games in the industry. Ooh. It's just an expression <laughs> of, you know, our love of, of giving gifts. Um, but the, the fact that at 11 Madison Park, they give homemade granola. I mean, how easy is that? Right. We all have bakeries in our town where it's like, all right, we're going to have however many appointments, we're going to have homemade granola, we're going to send it home. The next morning it's saying like, I thought about you, yeah. I, you know, I'm giving you a a gift here to have with your breakfast, to have with your coffee. It really is just thinking about those details that matter.
2: Yeah. And there's a book called Giftology. Have you heard of that one? I haven't. And it tells you different ways that you can really get personalized gifts for people um, that make a mark. And so every time they, they bring out that beautiful cutting board with maybe their initials engraved on it or something like that. Oh, I got this from my financial advisor, you know? Yeah. Um, but making it very personable and, um, memorable, right? You want to be memorable.
1: So Barbara, how do, um, advisors find you?
2: I'm at purstrings.co is my website and my, I'm at Barb at pursestrings.co.
1: Well, thank you so much for being here. 2024, I think, is going to be the year where we really start, I hope, to to shake the narrative and shift the industry. As we like to say, with Stronger Money, we want to empower women to live financially fearless. Yes. And I can't imagine a better mission for us to be united on. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to the Disruption Blueprint Podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.rfgadvisory.com or schedule a call on our advisor resources page. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice. Nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security, or engage in any specific training strategy. Information here may be provided, in part, by third-party sources. These sources are generally deemed to be reliable. However, neither our Guest nor RFG Advisory guarantee the accuracy of third-party sources. The views expressed here are those of our Guest. They do not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, its employees, or its clients. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by Registered Representatives of Private Client Services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by Investment Advisory Representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place. RFG Advisory is an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of RFG by the Commission, nor does it indicate that RFG or any associated investment advisory representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability.